Friendless is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is sponsored in part by Connexus Credit Union and Direct West. My sweeties! Welcome back to a brand new episode of Friendless, the only podcast about how to be a better friend by unfriending everyone you know. If by you, you mean me, your host, James Avermanko. That's right, I'm back once again on the quest to ask what it means to be a good friend by disconnecting from Facebook one interview at a time. Did that sound really convoluted out of nowhere? Well, shit. Tough, you buttheads. This week, I've got a very special guest on the show, lawyer, retired barista, and one of my sister's best friends, Julia Renoff. Julia and I discuss the Vancouver Island culture of making friends, learning how to speak confidently in front of sleeping judges, abandoning time limits as personal development, blue angels, and so much more. Julia's the friggin' best, and you're gonna love the interview, but you don't have to take my word for it, because we're gonna jump right into the episode, so get yourself comfy, lean back, unless you're driving, in which case, focus up, baby. Crank that volume, and enjoy my conversation with Julia Renoff, here on Friendless. Let me say um, a, a very warm welcome to uh, uh, one of the most intimidating women I know. <laughs> Julia, Julia Renoff, how are you today? I'm good, thanks, James. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. Um, no, that's that's so funny that you say that because like Lisa and I always like when we were hanging out, we felt like big nerds and that James was cool and James's friends were cool and <laughs> all those acting heads and, and oh we were just the nerds who were like, oh, James said this joke. It's so funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's the thing, you know, in reflection now, especially I keep on thinking back to like, you know, that era, right? That like 2005, 2006 era where it was like, I don't think anyone had any self-confidence at all in like the year 2005 to about 2009. I think everyone <laughs> was just like engulfed in self-loathing, <laughs> you know? And uh, and it, and you only realize it in reflection that it was like, oh no, everyone was going through that. And we were all, we were all, you know, we were all, we were all simultaneously the cool kid and the nerd. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, Julia, um, why don't we start at the start with who the hell you are and what it is you do? Because, um, you know, obviously we'll we'll get into a little bit more about, about how we met, but I'd like to hear about what you've sort of been doing uh, for the last, I mean, God, when was the last time we even saw each other? Would have been maybe, was it when we were all out east? Yeah, Nova Scotia, probably like three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. And before that, probably not since like 2008 or so. Exactly. That's just it. There was a couple big gaps there, right? So Yeah. So you're um, you're currently in Edmonton, right? Yeah. So I'm in Edmonton. I work for um a union. I I mean, how we met is is me going to law school with your sister. So mm -hmm. um I did, you know, work as a lawyer for a number of years and now I'm non-practicing or or I guess I I Officially, I'm in pro bono status, so I can do some volunteer legal work. But at work, it's not an official law job. But I, I did work um, in mostly criminal, like as a lawyer, mostly criminal law for about eight years, and then um, left there, went to the government for a bit, and then. That's amazing! I had no idea that you had pivoted like that. Um, um, because I knew, I, I remember the last time we spent any extended time, like in, like it probably would have been in Vancouver when we saw each other a little bit more. And you were you would always have you would always have these fantastic stories about people you were defending, and you were like, "Yeah, so this guy was caught peeing on a tree in a park, and I managed to argue it down to you know, <laughs> some like some like yeah, 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 just let him go kind of argument, you know." And, and I always found that so fascinating how you yeah, yeah, that's a good been. point. Like my my very um, first case ever um, involved like. Yeah, some some nudity <laughs> in a park in Vancouver. <laughs> and so, what got you initially into? So you know, so if if we end the story with you're now you know working with the with the um with the with the union um, and if but if we were to double back to sort of how we got you there, um, what what sort of attracted you to 
going to law school and and getting kind of down that path? Oh, yeah, that, that's a that's a tough question. So there is a few things going on. So um, I guess one is is kind of a desire to help people and mm. and also a desire to work with people. My undergrad graduate degree was in math. Um, wow. And. And I, I love math and I still love math. I'm actually going, my 2021 20, goal is to declutter. And, and a couple of weeks ago, I actually threw out most of my math notes and it, it was really hard to do and it made me want to cry. Yeah. And, and I've been thinking since then, like, was that a big mistake? I mean, it's already gone in the recycling, yeah. but like, sh- but like, I really loved it, but I didn't want it. The only thing to do with a math degree really is graduate school. And that's what most people in my program did, except... Right. The other women in the program actually went into law eventually as well. Um, right. But, but like graduate, like I don't have the attention span for graduate school. And, <laughs> and like, I kind of thought like, well, does it seem like a fun way to spend your day? Like, are you working with people? Like I kind of wanted a bit more activity and like, mm-hmm. I, I guess feeling like I'm contributing to making the world a better place. And I'm not saying that, you know, like high level math doesn't do that, but not nearly as directly as kind of like dealing with like human rights issues or, or something like that. So you're you you want to work with people and do you go immediately out of like from your undergrad to to law school or do you take some time off or I, you... I did one year of kind of thinking about things and during that year I actually continued to take courses. I I took a number of math courses and and psychology courses during that year and I worked at Second Cup, which was like one of the most wonderful jobs in the world yeah. and um and then yeah during that time I kind of thought about it and then and then made the decision to go so you you end up at law school and you go to UVic and is yeah. there was there something that drew you to that school I like I know that it was a, a really good loss program but was that the reason or um I thought that factored into it um mm. And I knew it was like a lefty school and that factored into it yeah. as well. But actually, um, I, I was um, basically in making my decision, <laughs> this, is, this is maybe going to sound a little pathetic, but I actually thought like, okay, if I, if I go to U of A, there's going to be a lot of people from um, Edmonton already there. And yeah. I don't know how easy it will be to meet people. And then I was also considering Vancouver and I thought, Again, there's going to be a lot of people from Vancouver there. How easy will it be to meet people? And I thought, Victoria, it's going to be mostly people from away. And it's yes. going to be really easy to make friends. So that's how I made my kind of the biggest factor was like, it will be easy to make friends. That's a fabulous perspective, though. I love that. And I love the way that you broke it down, too, because I think one of the things that's so magic about Victoria is that, like, there is a population of, you know, people who are from there and there is a population of people who grew up, but they're even even if you took all the people who are from there, it's just, it's still a little city. So it's like, there's just not that many of them just by ratio, you know? And so there's, yeah, there's so many people who come to the Island for whatever, for whatever reasons. Right. And it, I love that, that it totally does. I, I, I've never even really clocked it, but now that you vocalize it, it's like, Oh yeah. It like really makes the culture easier to, to befriend because everybody's looking for friends right they're all they're yeah. all you know I, I remember the first day at, at theater school and like everyone was kicking rocks you know what i mean because like no one knew each other so they were all just like um hi will you be my friend <laughs> <laughs> well yeah like because I, I had done my undergrad in at u of a and i'm from edmonton so like i never had been in the situation before well i guess you hadn't either but just yeah. like i i don't know who i'm going to know or or what it's going to be like. And so it was kind of a, a serious concern for me at the time. And, mm-hmm. and now in hindsight, I've been, I've been in lots of new situations and I know it always works out. It's always okay. But at that time yeah. it was quite scary. Well, and that's such a brave choice to make to, to go to the unknown place, right? It's like, it's, it's something that, um, you know, it's something that uh, only in retrospect, do you realize how important and formative it becomes right because mm-hmm. you know it's this thing I, I remember I had a teacher years ago who used to always have this saying that's a little cheesy but I still I spiritually like it which is uh run to the roar which is this idea of like you should always be going towards the thing that scares you and so in this situation you know you're saying like you want to grow and you want to learn but it's terrifying because it's a new city that you don't know 
And so you, you know, but you still go anyway. And that's what's really important is like, um, you know, you're, you know, you're afraid, but you still do it. Right. And that's and that's what ends up being, you know, this formative change for you. Right. And it's really. Yeah, cool. yeah really that's, that's really interesting, because like, I mean, I guess I'm naturally or like as a child, I was extremely shy. And like, I remember mm. like giving a presentation in undergrad and like feeling like I was going to faint. I couldn't like everything went <laughs> white. Like I couldn't do it. And then I think there's been experiences and working at Second Cup was a huge experience. It like sure. benefited that in terms of making me more social. And then, like you said, going to Victoria, like, um, was, was really helpful. And, and now I think I'm kind of, kind of turned the other way. Like I'm still an introvert at heart, but I'm a very mm. extroverted introvert because I'm much more comfortable talking to people than, than I was years ago. Do you think that it's a learned skill to be able to be in front of people? Like, do you think that, you know, like, cause you're, 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 you're demonstrating that, that, that you've done it, but do you think that that's a skill that other people can learn? Or do you think it was something that was sort of always inside of you? I, I think it's a skill for sure. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you might want to have a bit of desire, but I think like the more exposure you have to experiences where, where you kind of, you know, have to have to interact with others or do public speaking or anything like that um the better it works and what a and what a career in law to learn it right where it's like the stakes in a lot of ways cannot be higher right if you're depending on what court you're in right if you're if you're public speaking in some some cases you might have somebody's life in in the balance right yeah the nice thing about law is usually the only person you can really see when you're talking is the judge because you're standing right. in the front and you can just pretend there's nobody behind you yeah and, and that's very helpful it's actually more yeah. intimidating on a zoom call like the way we're doing things now when like if you're in a hearing and you see like uh, nine or 12 boxes or something like that versus in a courtroom, you just really are focusing on the one. Wow. That's so interesting. I didn't even yeah. think about that. And I, and, 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 you know, um, I mean, the only, I've only been in two courts in my life and one was to watch my grandpa when he was a judge and he would just like, and we'd sit at the back and he'd look like he was asleep. And, <laughs> and then the other time was when, the drama department did that partnership with the law department where I played like a, uh, I played a witness in a made up case and um, the UVic team, whoever he was, I don't know. I remember Lisa knew who he was, but he just ripped me apart. Oh, no. <laughs> cause my character, I didn't realize this cause you, you know, as an actor, you're only given the information you're given. Yeah. And so I didn't realize when I got on the stand that the character was built to be an unreliable witness. And so <laughs> I walked in just being like, I know my story and I'm going to do it and I'm going to do so good. And I think you and Lisa were actually in the in the room, too. Um, and so, you know, I got up and you kind of like, you know, gave me a little thumbs up. And uh, and then this guy just tore me apart and just like proved why every statement I made was a lie. And I remember getting off the stage and just being like, what happened? <laughs> you know? So, so it's interesting. Um, in September of 2020 was my first time of ever being a witness myself in, in a real matter. Wow. And um, it like, it, it was one where like, I, I knew, like, I, I wasn't, you know, it's not like a murder trial or anything like that. It, <laughs> and, and I knew sort of what it was about and everything like that. And I was still like, being cross-examined is very hard. Um, it's given me really hard. I mean, I already kind of had compassion for people going through that process, but going through it myself, I think, even increases that further. Yeah. So, yeah, fuck. I, I, I just never ever want to be involved with the law in any capacity at any time. I don't want to be involved with cops. I don't want to be involved <laughs> with lawyers. I don't want to be involved with any of them. I just want I want that part of the world to never cross into mine. You know. But, um. So so okay. So we're at the point. We're now. I keep on derailing us. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> so we're so you've 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 joined Uvic, and how do you end up? befriending Lisa is it just sort of like being in classes or no no so we actually became friends on the first day of law school so there was first morning of the first day of law school everyone was gathered in like the large I guess like sort of like theater type classroom and and she was sitting in the row behind me and I was kind of having a casual conversation with the guy next to me and I said something about like 
oh, I'm going to like look through like the catalog of like kind of classes we can take. I'm interested in taking a ballet class. And this girl from behind me goes like, oh, I'll take ballet class with you. Aww. And then, yeah. And then at lunch, like we went to go sign up and, and we got Slurpees and like, that's it. Like, <laughs> and it was interesting because like you know both being from Alberta like I think we yeah. both kind of felt like we both thought that we were you know pretty left wing and and then when we got there and we're like oh my god like we didn't we didn't even know <laughs> like, yeah. what that meant like now we feel like a couple of rednecks here in Victoria <laughs> like we, we were both very similar like fish out of water feeling and and yeah. um yes starting then like as you know, like by the end of the week, we had um, Katrina and Hillary and, and the four yeah. of us were, became like the ballet posse. We we took, we did end up taking ballet together for that one semester. I was terrible. and <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I was going to, I, so, you know, so uh, Katrina and Hillary, the other, the other of the, the gruesome foursome, uh, they, um, <laughs> they are, they, they are actually, the, they may not know this yet, but they are on the list to to be future guests but um was it was it a similar was it sort of a similar thing to assemble the team of like just happenstance of overhearing each other or i i don't quite remember quite as much mm. but i i do know that like i think it was by the end of the first week we were all like yeah. kind of sitting outside having lunch together so it, my recollection it was all it was really fast. quick yeah, because yeah. I do know, like, because I was living with Lisa at the time, and um, and yeah, I know that it was just like she suddenly had so many friends, and I was like, oh fuck, because <laughs> I was like, not because I was like, you know, uh, uh, it, that's bad, but because like I hadn't made any yet, and so I was like, how do you do that? How do you make friends? What do you, <laughs> what do, you do? Or do you be? What do you be nice? What do you have to say to them? You know, like I didn't know, I didn't know how she did it. You know, but. Um, so that's probably, that must've been, that must've been, I don't know the exact day or time or whatever been, but that must've been how we met would have been you like either coming over to, to Lisa's or, or do you remember, like, do you remember when we met? Is there a specific time in your mind? I, I don't remember the exact day. No, but I do remember. Um, yeah. So, so at the time, like I, you, like you and Lisa lived together on, um, at the Rainbow, Rainbow on Christmas yeah. Hill. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas Hill. <laughs> and and I lived closer to campus. Um, I shared a house with um, three undergraduate students. And, and they were all like, they had met on the academic floor in residence the previous year. And they were all quite um, like academic, like bad by 10, serious. And Yikes. And I kind of always felt like, oh, I'm making too much noise for them or like I didn't quite feel like that comfortable in my own place. Yeah. So I was basically like I half lived at, at your apartment that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah you <laughs> I don't were remember never exactly where we met, but, but I have lots of memories of, you know, we would kind of sit on the balcony, smoke cigarettes, you yeah. know, on the mattress couch. Do you remember the mattress, the mattress couch? couch? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was a blow up mattress, wasn't it? Wasn't I think it, it was did... a real mattress. And then like, I think when you're like, it just kind of was the couch and then eventually it became the balcony couch, but, or the That's balcony right. mattress. That's right. Was it not, um, I could have sworn, like, it was something like, it was like a flop house mattress or something like that, <laughs> yes. wasn't it? Wasn't it like, yeah, yeah. We, like, got it from, it was like our grandpa got it from behind a hotel or something <laughs> like that. I remember we would, like, sit on it and watch The Office, because this was when The Office yeah. was new, I'm pretty sure. Like, yes. I think it was season one of The Office. And we would sit on it. And when, when Michaels would say something really cringy, we would like all like lay back and start rolling around on it. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, that it's so funny because that, that apartment was like, it was such a weird bridging year for me because, you know, I'd never been on my own. I moved out, you know, like, I mean, I had only been 18 for like a week when we, when I moved to Victoria and then living with Lisa, who I thought was going to be super responsible because she, uh, had already had a degree and had already done it, you know, and so I thought like, okay, I'm going to learn the ropes of adulting from Lisa, but then she was in the midst of like a nervous breakdown because she was in law school, <laughs> and so I was like on my own, and 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 this apartment was just like empty. We never got it furnished, at least while I lived there. It was always just like I remember we had like we had Thanksgiving dinner on the floor with TV dinners. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> 
but well the thing about law school is it's like it's basically filled with like nerds who and like mm. especially in Canada I think where where the majority or not the majority but a lot of people live at home during their undergrad and so for a lot yeah. of us it was our first time living away and and like it's just at UVic it was just like a hundred people per year so you got to know everyone really quick and there was tons of social events like they really made it easy to meet each other yeah in the first few weeks of law school and essentially it was like being in high school and and only in actual high school all of us were pretty much like nerds and then the second time around we were cool so yeah. I, yeah. like what you said um about like our maturity level was i would say lower during the law school especially first year law school yeah. than it was during undergrad so you were probably huh. the more mature one among us. <laughs> as i'm like lisa you need to behave and do your do your school work yeah. I, except i, I um yeah, you always left wet towels on the floor. That was, I think, like oh, yeah. the biggest fight between you and Lisa <laughs> for fear of like mildew and mold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She'd go nuts on that. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have broken that habit. I, I I learned I learned from I learned from that year. I was like, this is bad. This is a bad idea. So when you when you get out into the world and you become a lawyer, what is that what's that experience like? Um I mean I have such a I mean, I have no experience with it. In, in a certain context other than just like knowing what it feels like to get out of school and have no idea where you're going or what to do and now I'm supposed to build a career out of it somehow right yeah um so I very stressful I would say and and it's kind of funny because it really put into perspective like you know we you know in law school and in undergrad we would always complain about like oh I'm so stressed like as though like everything we were doing was such a big deal but it's like well the only person who is going to be hurt if I fail this is me. The only, like, like if I, if I get a six that, or six or C or something like that, that impacts me. It doesn't impact others. And then once Mm -hmm. like things really changed, um, yeah. Once I became a lawyer, when it's like, okay, this is somebody's like life and Liberty on the line. And, um, and were you doing defense lawyer, defense lawyering, or I don't know what the terms. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did that for a number of years. So I articled at a defense firm, and and then um, worked um, for about eight years in a firm where I did some other things. But I would say the majority of my time was working in in defense. What was the impetus? I I can only assume there wasn't one thing, but but what was the sort of impetus to bridge out of, of law? Oh, yeah. Okay, that that's a question that takes me back a few years, too. I think it was a few mm. things. Um, one was looking for a bit more of a, a work life balance. Um, mm. And and kind of like, not wanting to work, you know, weekends, forever. Um, the second <laughs> was, I think I wanted to be in a, a less adversarial role, um, and kind right. of working more cooperatively with others. And, and, I think the third is is related, which is kind of being in more of a team environment. Um, for me, like working in as a defense lawyer, like the times that I I found it the most difficult were when I'd have to go to, um, like some place, some small town, and I didn't know the crowns, I didn't know the other defense lawyers there, I didn't know the judges, and I I just really felt like if something came up, an issue came up, and and like I didn't know the answer, it it just felt so much worse in in those yeah. environments than it did when I was like at in Edmonton, and it just kind of made me realize like I just want to work in a place where I'm I'm working closely with others, and mm-hmm. um, I'm really lucky where I am now. I love all my coworkers, and nice. um, I actually knew some of my coworkers were even friends before we started working together, so nice. it it is such a wonderful um atmosphere yeah wow and 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 you know because i uh, you know i uh, the the reason i ask is because i uh i cannot respect someone more for the the commitment that it takes to go to school and especially graduate school and like the toll that that takes emotionally and psychologically and financially too you know um and to and to commit and then to also accept and understand that 
that isn't where you always stay, right? And and so like the fact that you've sort of pivoted away from it is um it's really impressive. It's always really impressive when people sort of move away from it. You know, um I I think uh, in my mind I'm thinking about people who like you know go to theater school and then end up being teachers and things like that. Like oh, yeah. I, I, think I, that I have a good friend who right, did that. Yes, <laughs> right, yeah. And I think that we sometimes have in our head that it's you've made your choice, so stick to your choice and you can never make a new choice, right? And I and I always have such a deep respect for people who are like, nah, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna do me, right? <laughs> like, I think that's really important. Well, yeah, so um, that's something, that's interesting because it's something I've been pondering a lot recently. So a friend of mine um, with a, another person recently um, made a book together and, and I'll just give mm. a quick promo there. It's You can access it at midlifebook.ca and... Um, they went to U of A and um, they were involved in their student newspaper, Gateway, and along with a bunch of like other people who wrote for the Gateway, including our mayor and and others, like they put together essays um, kind of about their midlife experience. But a lot of them, I think because they all knew each other from university are kind of reflecting on that as well. And, And it that combined with my decluttering of my math notes really had me kind of going, did I make the right decision? Like all those sorts of questions. And, and I was actually getting, you know, in a little bit of an existential crisis about all of this. Mm. Um, But then, and I kind of thought like, well, why didn't I do other things? Why didn't I try these other things? And then I kind of came to two conclusions, which is one, I'm still like, I can still do those things if I'm actually interested in them. But the yep. fact that I'm not doing them might mean I'm not that interested in them. Um, and then secondly, like when I looked at my math notes and I thought like, I want to take this course again. Like if I could go back and take a course at university I've already taken, I would. And and so like, I probably would do the same thing over again. Like I, I really love those things. So it's, I don't know. I, I know it's kind of a tangent from what you're saying about like changing, but like even those people who did you know, theater and then become teachers, they probably mm. would still do theater again if they had the chance and then still totally still like transition to teaching. And I think sometimes we think like, or, or kind of wonder like, is it a waste to do something when you're young and not pursue it when you're older? But like right now I'm, I'm like relearning piano. I'm relearning guitar. Like, awesome. Why? I mean, you don't just have to like become an expert at something like there's value in learning things no matter when you learn them and, and you take you take lessons from them and skills from them going forward no matter what. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I, I agree with everything you're saying. And I think that 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 idea that uh, there's no time limit on knowledge. Right. This idea that like whenever you learn it or whenever you become engaged in it, that's just when you do that. It's not uh you're better at it because you did it this time or you're worse at it because you didn't commit this at this point or anything like that. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a progress, it's a, it's a work in progress. Right. And, yeah. and um, I, I, yeah, I love that idea that it's like, it's just, yeah, it's just where you're, where you're at at the time and you can always come back to it and then you can always drop it, you know? And, and yeah. And that, that, that idea of, um, I agree wholeheartedly about like people who, and I think I, 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 especially because it's like, yeah, that's me where it's like, I grew up loving theater and I studied theater. I still technically work within the parameters of it, but I don't do theater and I just administrate for it, you know, and I don't really have much of a desire to get on stage the way I used to. And so it's, it's like, you know, it waxes and wanes obviously, but I think also a lot of the, a a lot of, I can't speak for anybody else, but I know for me, a lot of my desires at that time were built around unconscious things that I wished could or could or would happen, you know, whether it was validation or whether it was, you know, manifestation of, uh, of dreams or whatever it might be. And, and as you get older, I, you know, I find that like those desires shift and they change and what nourishes me and what validates me has changed. And so mm-hmm. I don't need you know, I don't need a, a room full of strangers applauding me for a performance. I can find validation from doing a job well done somewhere else on some other task, you know? Um, it's not yeah. to say applause is bad or unneeded, but it's just, it's not the thing that I need now, right? I always kind of give the the spiel about the show about, you know... Um, what this whole thing has really developed into is this idea of 
asking myself, what does it mean to be a friend? And have I been a good friend? And so I'm trying to sort of explore what that could possibly mean. I think the term friendship is so, you, you know, ubiquitous almost in terms of it's just like endless definitions and um i'm i'm endlessly curious with how you know my guests kind of kind of see it and so i'm curious how you would personally define friendship um yeah so i mean i guess friendship at the heart of it is a relationship but at the root of that relationship versus some others, I would say is like liking them and having fun mm-hmm. with them. And, and I think that kind of makes it different from, I mean, hopefully you like and have fun with like, you know, your family and, and others in your life. But I, I think the nice thing about friendship is like, although there'll be times when, when it's a bit, you know, kind of, I guess, under the line, most of the time, it should be like, it it likely will bring you joy. Um, I mean, you, you need to nourish them and take care of them. Um, but I think the best part of them is that they're fun. And, and you kind of, they bring out the best in you, you bring out the best in your mm-hmm. friends, you have creativity, you have inspiration. And um, like it doesn't kind of like bring up the same issues as like a romantic relationship or, or, right. you know, like a, a family relationship. So I, I say like friendship is awesome because it's tons of like good things and like not too many bad things. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's like, I, I love that encapsulation. I, yeah. It's, it's funny because sometimes people will be like, that's a really intimidating question. And I'm like, it really doesn't have to be, you know, like it can be, it, and this just like friendship, it can be easy. <laughs> Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't even need to figure it all out yourself. Talk to Conexus. They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know you can achieve your very best, your financial best. Prove them right. Start right at Conexus Credit Union. I've been really looking forward to this question, and I I don't know if, I don't know what you'll come up with, but... um... What is your most vivid memory of our friendship? Okay, so so James, I do have a list, but I want you to see. I want to see if you can guess what's number one on the list. Okay. Uh, well, I just think of all I think of. Whatever I think of your whole friend group is, I just think of Hillary yelling, "Go to bed, James." <laughs> uh, but I don't know if that's number one. No, that, well, I don't have that exact line, but I do have, go wait in the car, James. (laughs) Go wait in the car. That's what it is. Go wait in the car. (laughs) Hillary. Okay, so so number one, Blue Angels. (laughs) Again, again, just like darkest timeline first year behavior like i should never have i look back on that i'm like how dare i i cannot believe i did that as often as i did uh for listeners who don't know what a blue angel is it's when you light a fart on fire and it was it it was to me at 18 years old the funniest thing that anyone could do and i would do it any chance i got (laughs) So, so just to set the scene, it would usually be at your apartment, Lisa and I sitting on the mattress couch, and and James kind of lying on the floor, like lying on his back, lifting up his knees, <laughs> saying, "Ready for it." I, I'm picturing gray sweatpants, and yeah. and, and then lighting a little fart on fire, and. And like I would just be amazed. Like this was pure magic to me. Like and and like talk about fearlessness. Like you weren't afraid yeah. about your pants or your bum lighting on fire. <laughs> well, you know, it's because I learned I learned I learned early that it just like it goes 
you know, like and it, nothing burns and nothing gets hot. And so, yeah, the key, though, is to do it with your pants on because it's really dangerous to do it with no pants. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, you put your butt, you put your you, you put it to your pants and you fart and it just gives a little like <laughs> and then, and then it burns away and it's great. And, and sometimes it's like a big fireball and like the look of joy on everyone's face when it kind of like whoosh and everyone's like, whoa. But like that's fearlessness because like still to this day yes. I've never even tried to do my own blue angel and I don't know if I ever will but I that's, you know <laughs> leave it to the experts yeah and and then just like hearing hearing you and um Lisa when hearing Lisa on your podcast and just yes. how much you two laughed like like that's the memory is just like the sound of that laughter because. Yeah. Like you too, it's just like giggle, giggle, giggle. <laughs> <laughs> Direct West is a proud partner of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Direct West has a local expert team right here in Saskatchewan that will work with you to build your website exactly how you imagine it. Let them help you improve your online presence. Head to directwest.com to learn more. Okay, so I'm kind of I'm kind of cheating here. So my last question Uh-oh. is what's your most vivid memory of our friendship time together? Yeah, um oh man, you know, uh, for me it would have to be uh, like in terms of most recent, yeah, I just remember you coming out and visiting Lisa while we were out and just being having so much fun and like yeah that fucking bowl of things that bowl of things game um things in a bowl um i think about uh the house uh, it must have been the house that you you must have lived in that house a couple years no no so what happened was first first year was you and lisa and i would just yeah. be kind of the hanger on there all the time and then you lived at the rain and then yeah second year i took over your room so thankfully there wasn't yeah. too many mildew stains from the towels on the floor mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then it was in third year that we lived in a house with katrina as well and That's we had the two dogs yes so because i remember that house really vividly and i remember um we had like we had like a Christmas dinner there, and uh, yeah, I just remember I just remember that house really vividly, and just like coming over and and like you know because it's like how, how do I say this? It was like <laughs> Lisa and I moving away from each other was was a was a healthy choice for both <laughs> of us, um, and so the next year was sort of spent not very close. And then it was the week, week, the year after that we started to sort of rebuild and re, re reconnect, you know? And so that house is really special because it was like, yeah, we'd, I'd like come over and play guitar hero and shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, just hang out with you guys. And by then I was also like at the point where I was no longer like terrified of everything and everyone, or at least I wasn't projecting that. I, I, I still was, I mean, I still am, but like, but, uh, yeah, I was just able to function differently, right? Um, I don't have any singular, like, singular moments or events. It's more about, like, feelings and times. And, you know, I remember going out to, like, Swans with with you and your friends. And, and, and always being, I just always remember being, like, the little brother in the corner who either, it was always one or the other. It was either, like, you guys really liked and were really nice or fucking hated, right? <laughs> And it was there was no gray area with any of that friend group. It was either like, yeah, James, you're here tonight. Awesome. Or it was, oh, fuck's sake. Why is James here? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I don't remember that second one. Like, I wonder if we just kind of gave you a really hard time and, and you didn't realize it was just for jokes. That totally could have been it. I could have just been oversensitive. I totally could have just been oversensitive. Uh, this year we but were thinking you were like, yeah, like super confident. Nothing could get yeah. you. Go wait in the yeah. car, James. We just, and, and you're like crying, taking it personally. <laughs> I'm like, they're so mean to me. I just want to hang out. Why are you so mean to me? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's more just it's more it's more places and 
feelings than it is like singular moments. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, we've we've touched on it already a little bit with a few things about things you can do, but um I mean fuck, like it's May and who the fuck knows when this thing is ending, right? Where everybody thought it we were going to have some, you know, white boy summer and it doesn't look like that's happening. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> vaccines and all these rollouts and all this weirdness happening. So I wonder what you think, um, what do you think you're going to try doing and what do you think listeners can try doing to remain uh, like a connected good friend in for the remainder of 2021 and then going forward? Yeah. Um, well, that's a good question. I, I think like it's, it's difficult now, like you said, um, cause we're not seeing each other as much and, and everyone's really stressed. So I guess my thoughts are first, like to be really understanding and, and kind of <laughs> what we're talking about before, I guess, like not, not taking things personally. Um, yeah. Just kind of understanding that if someone like doesn't text you back, it's probably because they're dealing with their own life and not not because they don't like you. Um, and then I think <laughs> like vice versa would be to kind of keep in mind that others are feeling hypersensitive and really stressed. So I I mean I'm I'm one of those people who can be guilty of not getting back to people just be yeah. on being busy or something like that. But maybe making that extra effort to say like. Oh yeah, sorry, I haven't written back, but I still love you. <laughs> like, or you know, yeah, those kinds of things. Just kind of, um, I think maybe during this time when we see everybody's super stressed and burnt out and everything like that, to to kind of, you know, be understanding, but but express our affection in whatever ways we can. Yeah. Do you find? Because I know, I know. I don't want to say guilty, uh, but I know I do this uh, because I think it's more of a coping technique than it is, you know, a guilt technique. But like, I there are days where I just cannot, like, like I just can't answer you. You know what I mean? I just can't. I I see your message. I know you're messaging me, and I know it's nice, and I know it's not even a pressure thing. I know it's just a thing, but I just like I cannot bring myself to type the words back. And, and, um, and I feel a guilt inside, but I also know that it's like, there's just days where I just like cannot participate. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's really normal. Um, I feel yeah. too. And, and what I find helpful is just kind of setting a time on the weekend to kind of like batch, get back to people or like, yeah, like I'll yeah. have like a bunch of like group chains that I like haven't looked at or anything like that. So there's not really any pressure. It's just, that I'm like I just I'm like in scrolling mode I'm not in responding mode or yeah or you know like I just want to kind of mindlessly watch tv and I don't want to think about this and then so so just kind of reminding myself okay I don't need to do it now I can do it later but I think knowing that as much as I forget other people forget so not taking it personally if people don't write back is is kind of a huge skill because I think everyone is going through that right now and it doesn't mean they don't yeah. like you. Um, well, that's just it too. It's that yeah. thing of like, I wish that there was like a, a status update to just be like robot brain off today, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. Or like, yeah, I'm just like, cannot answer today kind of thing. Right. Where it's like, right? Don't you miss like that. The old part of Facebook was like the status updates and totally James and, like, is kind of, doing this. right? Yeah. And back then I didn't have like, nearly the filter I have now like now I'm like oh I'm not yeah. gonna put my thoughts and feelings on Facebook but in 2005 what? when it was brand new I sure did god oh my god the photos I put up in 2005 <laughs> I still have them up wrong. I need to take them down <laughs> good lord um but like yeah and this is the thing too is that it's like um the idea that like I don't want to make excuses to other people. I don't want to have to lie and say like oh it's because I'm this it's because of that it's like I want to be able to say like I can't fucking function today. So I'm just taking the day off to stare at my phone or whatever it might be. You know, um, I, w I, I, I wish we had a better sort of like cultural cushion of that conversation because I think we're starting to get it, but I, I wish, uh, I, I, maybe not wish is the right word, but like, I, I, I hope that we can collectively get better at 
internalizing those sentiments, right? And of and of understanding that like because it's that thing of like, you know, back, you know, in the before times, if you didn't want to go out uh, because of the same emotions, I think that these are not new emotions. I think they're just more intense. But if you didn't want to go, you have to come up with some excuse and you have to say, oh, I'm not feeling good or I'm not this or I'm not that. When really it's just like, I, I can't function tonight, so I'm not going to. And I think what the pandemic's done is it's demonstrated that like we all feel these moments of like, I'm burnt the fuck out and I need to just sit down and stare at a wall for a bit. And I wish we could vocalize that with less shame, <laughs> right? For sure. Yeah. So I guess. I mean, the pandemic has been really easy in that we, for a lot of us, like we haven't really need to like draw any boundaries about our time. Mm. Like instead of having people really invite places, the expectation is that you're not really going to be doing much or if you are, it might be going for a walk or something like that. Like it's, it's kind of let me off the hook. And and when the pandemic's over, Mm. I'm going to have to learn how to do that again. But the other thing I think is like one of those issues with, technology is just that expectation that people will reply right away and and like I don't I wonder sometimes is that expectation more in our heads and and one thing that someone told me which is instead of like an email if I write back a work email like a week later instead of going like oh sorry for the delayed reply just being just either saying nothing about it or or being like oh thank you for your patience and yeah, like yeah. trying to denormalize that instant reply culture, and I, yeah. I think the one other thing that would be really helpful with like both messenger and, and text messages and things like that is if we could kind of do what we do with, with email, which is like mark something as unread, which is kind of okay. I want to read it now, but I'll write back later. So a way to kind of set a reminder for ourselves. Yeah. Oh man. Cause I can't tell you how many times I read something and I'm like, I can't answer right now. And then it's unmarked. So I forget to answer it and it's gone. And, you know, and my, you know, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD. So I, um, I'm learning one element to that is I have no object permanence. So if I'm not looking at it, it doesn't fucking exist to me. Yeah, you know? and yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll read it and, and I'll go, Oh, I should, I should deal with that. And then I scroll away from it and I never come back to it because it's in one eye out the other, you know? Yeah, I have that too. And then I, I have an, an issue then where I, I do try to email myself instantly. So because I know I'm going to forget things and not do it. So then I email myself. Well, then the problem is I have like 1600 unread emails from me. <laughs> yeah, like Which one is the right one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. So not not a solution I necessarily recommend. <laughs> Right, right, but it is a, it is a strategy. It's worth trying, right? But yeah, if you can stand, Julia, I, uh, Julia, I, I, I am, I'm so like, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Like, this has been so wonderful. I, I really hate to sort of like cut us off, but we do have to do the wrap up and then kind of, you know, take the uh, 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 hit the hit the stop recording button. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to say, you know, before you know, before I pull up your Facebook and everything, like. Like, first of all, like, this has been just amazing. And I'm just so, like, I'm so grateful that you were willing to come on the show and chat with me. And, like, but I, I just, you know, I was realizing before the interview and then even now during it, like, we've never really had a chance to just you and I talk this long. No, probably never. Been, <laughs> right? You know, but it's been the fucking best. And I just, yeah. I, I hope you know like how much I adore you. And I'm just like, I, I think you're absolutely amazing. And I'm so glad you, you know, I'm so glad that weird girl behind you uh, offered to be in your ballet class so that I could end up being your friend too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, yeah and, me, and, me too. Like this has been really fun and, and I admire you so much too. And, and like, if we were mean to you, it was probably just jealousy because we were like, James is so cool <laughs> and he's funny. Like, <laughs> It's very nice to hear. I I will say I never thought it was your friend. Like I never thought it was you four who didn't like me. I thought it was always like the periphery. People, oh, okay, you know? yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not you people. You people were uh, you you people. You were so <laughs> nice. But uh, but it was always like the other the other lawyers at the table who would just be like you know. Anyway, that's a that's a different. Story. <laughs> but um, but I just you know I think like what you're doing you know w- with your current work with all your pro bono work like I just I think that's fucking amazing and I think that like just like your your ideals. And the way that you fight for your ideals is incredible, you know, and it's such a, it's such a, 
I mean, I uh, the only words that come to mind are really like reductive and s- they feel small, but it's like uh, it's such an impressive trait and it's such an important trait. And um, and I'm just so I'm so like like proud's the wrong word oh, because well, I had nothing you. to do with it. But you it's know like, what? I it sort like of feels pride, like we're family, know? right? Do you ever feel? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do. I, it feels like you're a sister. It really does. Yeah. You know, and so it's just like I'm just really glad you're a part of my family. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <me> too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But speaking of family, I now have to 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 be like be like my family and be withholding and cut you off. So I have to pull up your Facebook account here, and I have to say, Julia, we are no longer Facebook friends. Oh. <laughs> that one went fast. That one was like it didn't even think about it. There's times when it's like. There's times when it like loads and it kind of takes a minute to load. And it's like, maybe Facebook is like, are you sure? But this one was like, oh yeah. That's it. Thank you once more to Julia for coming on the show. It was just such a treat catching up with her, and I wish her all the best in her future. And thank you so much for listening through to the end of the episode. You, you're my best friend. And you know what best friends do for each other? That's right. They rate and review each other's shows, and then they share the links so that they can make more friends. It's really easy. You want to be a good friend, don't you? Well, then do it. Do it, you butthead. Be sure to follow Friendless on all the usual social platforms at FriendlessPod. If you've got more to say to me than 144 characters or whatever the limit is, you can always reach me at FriendlessPod at gmail.com. You can also sign up for the newsletter. It's a once a month thing. It's a ton of fun. And you can find the links for that in the show notes. But that's it for me. Slow news week, so I will just wrap this bad boy up. I'll say I hope you have the best week possible, and I will catch you next time. But as always, that is then, and this is now. So for now, I'll just say I love you, and I'll see you soon. Fun and safety, y'all. <laughs>